What's up, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Straight Up Sabres, presented by the Hockey Podcast Network and the Charging Buffalo. As always, I'm Brendan. And I'm Taylor. And Taylor, we're doing things a little bit differently for this episode. For one, we are in my apartment recording together, which is great. Two, we currently are balancing having a dog sitting on both of our lap right now. And three, we are trying a new format to the podcast today. So right now, we are just moments away from the start of the third period between the Sabres and the Leafs. And we wanted to do this for a test run because eventually we're going to try and do this for a full game if it ends up working out. And maybe even live. Maybe even live. Yeah, that would be really cool too. But essentially what we're going to be doing is recording while watching the game. So we'll just be talking about the team in general and also just giving some commentary on the game as it's going on right now. So Taylor, do you want to catch everybody up on currently where we're at in the game? Yep. Uh, so in the first period, uh, Jacob Bryson had kind of a seeing eye shot that was was also tipped by a Leafs defender into the net. So Cousins in the middle stat got the assist there. Uh, the Leafs countered the uh, the bunting uh, Matthews Marner line scored order of importance, obviously. Uh, <laughs> but it wasn't any of them that scored. It was actually Rasmus Sandin took a pass from Marner uh, and scored there. Uh, and weirdly, I would say it was a very even game by that at that point. I don't know what the advanced stats say. Shots are very close. Uh, the Leafs are not running amok or anything like that. And in the second period, I was on my way over here. Halfway through the second, things pretty much were the same. But the second half of the second period while I was driving, Victor Olofsson scored his eighth assist from Dahlin and Asplund. And then uh, Tage scored his 23rd goal of the year with assist Oof. from Skinner and Tuck, which means that a few things. It means that... Uh, uh, Thompson's now on pace for 35 goals. It means the Tuck is still a point-a-game player for the Sabres with 23 points in 23 games. And uh, it means the Sabres are up 3-1 on the Leafs uh, as this third period is is about to get underway. And honestly, just to, just to uh, underscore here how much it's really not just a weird goaltending shooting percentage game, uh, the Leafs have 17 shots right now. The Sabres have uh, 15. So, like... From a shot percentage, it's it's pretty equal, and I think the Sabres are kind of making sure the Leafs aren't getting those good opportunities. Interesting. Well, and oddly enough, too, we never really talk about betting on here, but I won a bet because of the Sabres. I bet the over on their goals, over 2.5, oh. and uh, ended up winning a little bit of money. So yeah, before the third period even starts. I love that. I know. Shout out to the Sabres, so thank you. Continuing, because I, I was at the point now that I had some stuff in my account, and I was like, all right, I'm just going to do this all tonight to get rid of it. And now I have more in there, so thank you for trending me towards a gambling addiction, Buffalo Sabres. We really appreciate it. <laughs> uh, so... Yeah, that'd be that's actually good. Uh, uh, you know, natural uh, ad placement there. Cause where'd you bet? Oh, I bet on DraftKings, of course. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, we'll do that. We'll do the full ad later. But <laughs> whoops, fans. <laughs> yeah, man. So oh god, I don't know if you caught this. I didn't watch the actual game, but Saturday night the Leafs and Red Wings played an insane game. We didn't bring this up on the the podcast. No, we did for not. Monday. We did not. But. Uh, if any of you guys watched out there, I'm jealous because it was, well, kind of. The Leafs won, so I'm not that jealous. A 10-7 <laughs> game straight out insanity. of the 1970s or 80s. Absolute insanity. It, it's a, it wasn't even just a back and forth like they score, we score, they score, we score. Uh, the Leafs were up 7-2. to two. They're up 6-1 to one, and then they're up 7-2 to two going into the third period, and the Red Wings tied it at 7. Unbelievable. <laughs> That's just... And then um... obviously, well, no, actually the Red Wings made it 7-6. Oh, and then on your bingo board, Jeff Skinner figure skating. Oh, boy. 
What a man. Damn, look at him go. Look at his hair back. My man's got moves. Also, why does it look like it's 1975? (laughs) It's probably, what, like the 90s, right? No, that's probably the 2000s, right? Or two... Jeff Skinner was born in uh, 91. Oh my God, you're right. Okay. Why does well, he look he like look... that? Are we sure that was Jeff Skinner? <laughs> it had to have been. I mean, who else figure skates? Right. And it like, looked come on, exactly that looks like so him. old. We're listening All right. with the sound. Here we go. We are. Yeah, as you can imagine. Here we go, everybody. The third period has just started. Shots are 17 to 15 in favor of the Maple Leafs. Um, so has anybody really stood out to you from, from this game so far, Taylor? I know before we started recording, I had mentioned Cousins had his one one offensive possession where he had the puck on a stick for probably like 15 seconds straight. It was unbelievable the control he had over it. But has anybody stood out to you at all in this game? Yeah, I think Dalene is getting more confident on the offensive end. He has an assist, but I, there was a play where he, he pretty much made three moves to make a guy miss and yep. then couldn't get a really get a good shot off, but still impressive play there. Also from the other side, I think the Leafs have really only looked dangerous when the Matthews line has been on the ice. The bunting line. The bunting line. Can you can we talk about that? Like, what is going on with them just having these guys like come out of the woodwork like that? Like, I mean, I just think of like him as like Zach Hyman. Like, this is like the exact same player pretty much now that they have. Yeah, because bunting. Yeah, he has a. He's technically eligible for uh, rookie of the year. Twenty six years old. Yeah. I got 19 it. goals, 23 assists in 54 games, including tonight. I mean, come on. Yeah. That's well, insane. I mean, who's he playing with, though? Well, yeah, of course. I think that that's plays a huge factor. Like, And honestly, this Rookie of the Year race is going to be strange, to say the least. Mm-hmm. It's a rare year where the first overall pick isn't playing. Is I mean, no one's really impressed. I'm going off the top of my head. That was drafted in 2021. So the rookie thing is going to be a little bit different. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I think it's more eight-siders to lose at this point, though. Like, yeah, really... who is the 2019 pick? Right, So right. I look at someone like that as a legitimate rookie, not necessarily someone who's 26 and playing on a line with uh, a guy who's definitely an MVP candidate. And, uh, another He's scoring guy... at the most absurd rate, probably, in like yeah, the probably, modern NHL. Probably going to score 60 goals. And then another guy who's he's like, you know, very good. He's no Sam Reinhart, but I think he's okay. Marner's pretty solid. Yeah. yeah, no, he definitely is. Well, good for Michael Bunting having a a career year here at 26. But I would say also, too, talking about, as we're talking about the uh, rookie of the year race, I mean, Zegris has got to probably be up there. Um, I think. Oh, Luke, Zegris, yeah. Yeah, I mean, 2019 he's, pick as well. Yep. Same draft. Yeah, they were only, I think, like three picks away or four picks away, I think. Cider was like five or six, and yeah. Zegris was Cider nine. was, uh, he got a lot of uh, cider eye. That pick, uh, if you will. That's uh. true. I, hey, I was shocked that they took him that high, but I mean, he looks to be legit. Yeah, because I think he was two picks in front of the Sabres because the Sabres take Cousins, and uh, some people are excited about that. But really, it was more like, wow, I can't believe we're going to get a chance to pick between Cousins and Zegris. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but crazy, can't complain too much about him. And I guess, is Lucas Raymond technically count here as well? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So he's someone that would be in the discussion. Absolutely, yes. Uh, let's see here, actually. Someone who's not in the discussion, but I think is gaining steam from what I said a few weeks ago, uh, in discussion for another trophy is Igor Shosturkin. Dude, <laughs> the MVP chatter is very real. Very, yeah. very real. I think I was looking, uh, like, you know, we were talking about uh, goals saved a bunch above average and all those things with with him and, uh, well, not with him, with uh, Philip Grubauer yeah. and how bad he's been and how he's historically bad. I was looking, and I don't think there's a, uh, I think he legitimately is, like, the best goalie in 10 years, or at least he's on pace to be. Yeah. 
Oh, he already has a better... He already has more goals saved above average than a lot of the best guys had uh, in the... Like, oh, he's, great defensive play by Darlene there to break that up. Oh, sorry, yeah. No, sorry. Yeah, he, he's basically Physical play. already ahead of everyone from a lot of years. As in, he would be number one at the end of the year in most years. Mm-hmm. And we still have, you know, two months left, basically. Basically, oh, Skinner! Ooh, no, Skinner. no, no, no. Classic behind-the-net play. Yes. Anyway, last thing about Shesterkin. Oh, talk. Oh, my God, Tage. Oh, my God. Wow. Sabres are putting the pressure on right now. Yep. Again, this is coming off of Darlene with a really, really nice defensive play, using his body to break up a play behind the net, which then led to a breakout. And now we have some sustained possession Ooh. here in the offensive zone. This first line. So let's talk about this first line a little bit more while while they're out on the ice right now. Um, it, I mean, it's no secret, and we were just talking about with especially oh. Tage's performance. Oh my God, look at them! Their forechecking right now is just off the charts. But as we were talking about, Tage is obviously on pace for a career year, and in large part now. I mean, he was going to be on pace for a career year regardless, but he's taken it to a new level since this first line has been put together with him, Skinner, and Tuck. However. The reality of the situation is, is that the Sabres are losing games. Currently, obviously, they're on pace to win now as we have 15 minutes left in the third period. But they haven't been winning games, even though that this line has been thriving. And I think that it's worth having the conversation. I think I could hear it either way. But it's worth having the conversation that the fact that like these three guys, all of them, have been playing really really solid this year tuck has obviously been here has only played with these guys really for the majority of the year but skinner and tage were both having solid seasons before this line came together bounce back years for sure and now considering this i mean i I think there's additional confidence there for all of them in their role you know is it worth considering breaking them up to see if it could maybe get another guy going and here comes cody eakin on a nice rush right now hey look at cody nothing happening there god i hope he gets traded but anyways back to the question (laughs) at hand here what do you what do you think so while cody eakin's the best player on his line uh, (laughs) i think no honestly for the time being just because i i don't know it's really cool to have a good first line and like the sabers early this year were so incapable of going against any other team's top line that I don't think anyone, like you said, all those guys are having nice years apart. But like, I don't know that the Sabers can ice another first line that can do anything uh, against another team's top line. Most teams' top lines, you know what I mean? Yeah. So I think that's that's worthy of consideration. I don't know. I I just think yeah, you could put Skinner anywhere and he'll he'll get chances. Obviously, mm-hmm. not necessarily goals as we've seen. But, yeah, I don't think I want to break them up right now. That's fair. I I think something to consider with that conversation, too, is the trade deadline. And there's a very high possibility that there's going to be a lot of guys who are going to be out the door. And you're going to have some spots opening up that I think are going to be filled. The Lion is down there, but it feels like he's maybe kind of at the end of the road right now with just like his prospects at being a legitimate NHL player. So I feel like once the trade deadline gets here, it'll be... It'll be easier to avoid having that conversation because it's like... I feel like the the premise for making it is like, well... What about trying to get Olafson really going more? Middlestad is just coming back, and what if you need to maybe put him back on the wing and then have him paired up with Tage, for example? like Something like that. Or maybe you play him with Tuck, or even Skinner for that matter. I mean, I, I think you have to consider you know, trying to get some of these other guys going, and obviously it's great that these, these three are thriving, but if there's any possibility that they could potentially 
you could spread that out a little bit just to get another guy going and make them tick. I think that's something that's worth considering. But again, though, to my point that I'm trying to get back to now, like having Jack Quinn potentially being up and Paterka being up and being able to spread them out between your middle six, I think will make leaving that first line alone a lot more palatable, I guess. Maybe just for me, but I don't know. Yeah, I I think that it, it makes sense. I mean, the, the trade deadline is going to be kind of weird now but just because it's like, we don't know. I think they're the two guys, if I was another team that I would actually be really looking at, would be Colin Miller and Vinny Henestrosa. For sure. Especially Colin Miller. And it's like, I don't know, are we going to see those guys? Well, how nice is it, Colin Miller? That's, a, that's actually a bit of news. He's back on the ice now. That's true. Three weeks out from the deadline. I mean, if you could get him on the ice for a good... I feel like with Colin Miller, like he is who he is, and if you get him back on the ice and you have like a, you know, a runway of like two weeks to be able to get games in for him, and he can show that he's back up to speed and he's who he is, I think that that's pretty much keeps his value. Maybe not exactly where it was had he had not been hurt, but pretty damn close. Yeah, because a team's gonna get desperate. Oh, absolutely. I mean, they always are for defensemen. Famously, Mike Weber went for a third. Right. Insane. Just insane. So while we're in a commercial break right now, Taylor, I was actually curious for your thoughts on the announcement that the CHL is going to be not allowing Russian and Belarusian players to be a part of their entry drafts. I think that, not to get obvious, because I don't think that this necessarily has to be like a a political conversation, but obviously what's happening right now with Russia is horrible, but I don't think that this is something that necessarily hurts like Russia in a way that it's like you're trying to make them feel the ramifications of this. I mean, you're, you're keeping their homegrown talent domestic and that's probably what they want is to be able to have these guys playing in the KHL. I don't know necessarily. I don't know. I'm kind of curious. Like, do you feel that, that does anything? Like, is that making any kind of a difference? I don't know. I That feels like it would make, make a very small difference. I guess the thing to say here is it's really not, obviously, it's not any of these guys' faults. Right. You know, the teams that are out of the IAHF and FIFA now and things across all sports. Uh, it's obviously it's not their fault, uh, but I guess the point is, uh, you know, with, with sanctions or anything like this, w- the broad, uh, you know, I guess boycott, protest, and sanctions that are going on against Russia is to put pressure on them to, you know, not invade another sovereign nation. Of course. So, like, I should just say, you know, it's not it's not fair to them, but, like, it is it is what it is. It's, that's the goal, is to make people uncomfortable. But I However, guess my point yeah, is in yeah, this specific that's case, That's what I'm saying, though. like, does it actually work in this case? I don't know. I think in this case, it really hurts the CHL more than it hurts the country of Russia. I, like, I think Russia is a country that has no problem developing its own players. Right. Uh, two of the best players of the 21st century, uh, Alex Ovechkin and Evgeny Malkin. Like... Pavel Datsuk. Pavel Datsuk. These guys, like, they were developed in Russia. Mm-hmm. You know, another guy in that conversation, Ma- Maxim Afanaganov. Of course, <laughs> absolutely. But, like, these aren't guys that needed to uh, come to the CHL. To, to oh, here we go. We got a breakaway here. Oh, he oh, scores! Jeff, Jeff Skinner. Skinner, here we go! Absolute snipe. This wow. line. Wow. Look at these guys. Unbelievable. He heard us. He was like, yeah, Brendan, you idiot. You want to split this lineup? What's wrong with you? <laughs> the only guy <laughs> the only guy celebrating that section is the oldest man I've ever seen. <laughs> Sabres fan in this Leafs section. Oh, oh man. Wow. They what a shot. Manhandled that defenseman, too. I can't tell who it is. Number 38. 
damn. Brutal. Right over Mrazik's shoulder. Also, as a quick side note, too, the infographic that they had when they had just come back from a commercial break had said that Darlene is leading among all players in possession time tonight with having the puck on a stick for a minute and 31 seconds. I absolutely can see that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's... He's been more than Matthews, Marner, and Riley. Yeah. Mark Pesic! Mar- oh my God! Oh, oh my God! Skinner almost just put another one away. Wow. That's that's Mark Magic right there. That Pesic move. Oh my gosh. Yeah, Sabres are putting a lot of a lot of heat on in the forecheck. The Sabres are always playing good against the Leafs. It's honestly. bizarre. Usually that's in Buffalo though. Right. Where the Leafs have a historically terrible record in Buffalo. Yep. Yep. I remember one of the last games before COVID, the Sabres. Uh, Beat the Leafs in Buffalo like five one five two on a Sunday night, and the Leafs fell to like all time t- like twenty nine or the Sabers were seventy two twenty nine and three or whatever in Buffalo against the Leafs or something crazy, and it's like that's insane. But mm-hmm. I guess the Leafs were terrible for a long time. True, very true. Uh, but anyway, uh, back to the, the anyways yeah, CHL yeah. thing. Yeah, I don't see that as much of a, a punishment, but. I mean, the CHL could use the talent, but I guess they felt like they had to do something. Right, which is understand. I mean, you you have to, and like you said, the obviously the object of doing all of this is to put pressure on them and to make them really feel the effects of it. It's just to me, it feels like in this instance, you know, I don't want to call it performative or anything because I think it is important that you know entities, whatever, that are in a position of any kind of relation and power with this should try and do something, but. It just feels like this isn't that. Like, this doesn't put that pressure on them. And like you said, they don't have necessarily the problems with uh, growing their own talent. Even talking about right now, one of the best play- young players in the league is Kirill Kaprizov. You have Mishkov is going to be coming over. And, or is going to be Panarin. Panarin, yeah, exactly. Vlad Tarasenko. These, Tarasenko, many, Kovalchuk. I'm, I'm I struggling mean, to think of a Russian guy that came out of the CHL. It, that's an interesting question. You, and now I would think about it this way. Maybe the guys uh, that are rushing and go to the CHL are guys that aren't able to just easily step into, like, let's say, the KHL at 17 or 18. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Which, in that case, I, I feel like the, the My God, still Kucherov stands. we're forgetting about, too. Yeah, they're really good at forwards. <laughs> yeah, they they know what they're doing there. If yeah, Vasilevsky's Kuznetsov. Russian, right? Am I mistaken? Vasilevsky not Russian. Uh, I think he is, actually. And the potential MVP winner this year, Igor Shosturkin. Yeah. You know, this would be a lot easier if uh, there was an Olympics uh, full of NHL players to watch at some point in the God. last 10 years. Well, I guess there wasn't the last 10 Wouldn't it the be nice? The last eight years. Um, hey, man, got to just hold out hope for 2026, I guess. Wow. I mean, well, it's got to happen. Ge- oh, yeah, absolutely, it will. Ladies and gentlemen, Victor Olsen just won a battle on the boards. Who is he? Wow. Olsen wants to get traded in the zone. <laughs> Speaking of uh, the trade deadline, let's talk about it. Victor Olsen. Let's get it done. Folks. Let's let's do let's it. Let's move it on. <laughs> let's let's do that, honestly. Let's help this guy get on a run here for the next couple weeks and we'll just say see you later because I just he, we talked about this also a couple weeks ago too. Where does he fit in the mix next year? I mean, he doesn't. Uh, you have the first line just knowing that they will be here, yes. You have the, we'll call it like the Rochester young guys of Krebs, Quinn, and Paterka. Those three will all be here. There's six. You are going to have Cousins. You are going to have Middlestat. You are going to have Asplin. There's three more. You're going to have... Gergensen still, right? Gergensen's is going to be back, yeah. Opozo will be here too, probably on the fourth line. And is, then, is that his last year then? Opozo? Yeah. I think he has one more after. 
I think. Let me ah, no, let me double check that. He's actually been pretty good this year. They need the cap money, anyways. That's true. I think this is his last year, though, right? Because shouldn't his contract be 2016 through 2023? So next year will be his last year. Let's see. Let's let's check our friends at Cap Friendly. Yeah. Well, anyway, while there's a stoppage in play, Brian's looking out. To finish my point from earlier. Oh, yeah, next year is his next one, his last one. Oh, nice. Son of a bitch. So wow. when I was rudely interrupted by the Sabres forecheck, uh, <laughs> what I was going to say is Igor Shosturkin, uh, who is, I think, the hard trophy favorite right now or should be, the last time uh, a goalie was on pace for a season like this from a goal save above expected perspective is Tim Thomas, the year the Bruins won the Cup. Jesus. So I hate that. And him. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, he had a couple of incredible years, didn't he? He did, he did. Still hate him though. Yeah, just did not annoying. like him at all. He was, I mean, God, he came out of nowhere. Oh, we got this? a rush going all right, away, Bryson. Folks. Bryson playing with a lot of confidence today after getting his first goal. Yep, definitely feeling himself. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I think that that's kind of the interesting thing is that we'll also have to see, you know, as we're talking about the trade deadline and eventually the off season. I mean, that's kind of where all our heads are at, anyways, at this point. But, um, or where we want them to be at, just because them continuing to lose throughout February and March is just not the most fun thing. Yeah. But, you know, I I think that it's kind of funny that a lot of the core of the team is intact. I mean, we would just went through 11 forwards there that are going to more likely than not be here next year. I mean, we'll see obviously what trades end up happening. On D, you it's, I think it's probably fair to make the assumption that Pesic gets resigned. There's four defensemen already. I mean, obviously filling like two right-handed D spots is pretty significant. Um but it feels like, you know, and you're going to need a starting goalie, but maybe it's more for the forward corps. Like, that's pretty close to being intact. I mean, what more are they going to be able to add for next year? Aside from, you know, maybe some lottery luck this year, too, which is another thing you actually have to keep in mind. That's a good point, yeah, because if, if they end up getting Shane Wright, for example, uh, he could be in the lineup. Next, he would be in yeah. the lineup next year. So that'd be another guy to fill. Because, yeah, we just we named 11 guys. And right. I, I don't think... Roots Alignin would necessarily be there. I mean, he might be in the mix for a, earning a spot. Yeah. But maybe yeah, like a 13th forward. Yeah, right. Exactly. And well, and up, I'll say like, too. That is a lot of guys that we're, we're bringing back. Right. And I don't hate it either. I don't hate yeah. any, really any of those guys. I think most of them are good. I just think uh, when you want to be actually good in a couple of years, you're going to need a few things. You're going to need Cousins to be more of a guy that can. Uh, I think he's been fine in his own zone, but. Have he a little bit a, more of an offensive yeah, punch. Absolutely. Uh, yes. You're going to need absolutely have more finish. No notes on the first line, and you're going to need, I think, Asplund to be more consistent because I think he's kind of disappeared here in the second half of the he year. He definitely has, and offensively at least. Yeah, and then uh, Middlestat hasn't played most of the year, and is whatever you need Middlestat to get back to what he was doing second half of last year and continue to improve. And then you're going to need uh, someone else who's better than all those guys. Yes. I think. Or you're going to need a, a couple someone's who are very good. I think that's yeah, that's a great point. I think for them to be in like playoff, like a legitimate playoff contender, that's a good way of looking at that. Barring one of these guys just like completely going crazy, you're going to need to bring in a forward who's probably yeah, who would become the best forward on the team, which probably is through the draft. Yeah, you know, I think if you want to talk best case scenario here, and there's also I'll just say too. As you were talking about this year's draft with Shane Wright, even if we don't end up getting the first pick, there are some forwards 
And I mean, if we can get into the top, get a top five pick this year, there's some guys who towards the top of the draft I really like a lot. Who I've been kind of slowly but surely starting to do like more research into the prospects. Like I know the names, but like I feel like now I'm trying, I'm like getting into it a little bit more. There's some guys in that top, even in the top ten in general that. I would feel really good about if we could get who would bring a nice score and punch this team. But anyways, to your point. Yeah, uh, I was just going to say, like, the Sabres, people are talking, I don't know anything about the draft, but people are talking about this being, like, a good, really good top six, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the Sabres are almost guaranteed to be in the top six. Yeah. I don't think they finished last this year. I, Montreal's hot, but I don't think Montreal passes them. I mean, they'll probably slow down. And I sure as shit don't think Arizona's going to pass them, even if the Sabres... You know, continue to not be great. Although they're, you know, they're playing well Beating tonight. Beating Vegas the other night. Did you see that? Yeah. What the hell? Man, what the hell with Vegas? Dude. Look, man. Crazy. All I'm saying is, look at Philadelphia, look at Vegas since Eichel came back, and look at the Florida Panthers. And you tell me who the captain of the Buffalo Sabres should oh, be. Oh, <laughs> Taylor, yes. I'm, I'm, I'm joking. Woo! But. <laughs> Getting hot flashes over here right now. That was beautiful. He should be here still, and he should be the captain right now. Yeah. Nah, that's... Well, he's he's the highest paid player in Florida by $10 million. <laughs> he only has a, a point a game, whatever. Yeah, right. Uh, so Ugh. that's actually another interesting thing. Stealth MVP candidate Jonathan Huberto. Dude, he's putting up crazy points for them, and he's getting moved around. It's not like he's just being attached to the hip with Barkov. Like, oh, they're yeah. playing him he's all over. He's getting assists. It's insane. I mean, he's or, been... no, he's second to McDavid, I believe. Okay. Oh, one of the two, I don't know. No, 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 he's leading the league. In I think he, yeah, he is, is, man. I he's think ahead of he McDavid. is. Yeah, honestly, the way I'm looking at it, McDavid and or and Orchard's idol would need it like an insane... Oh, boy! Wow, let's go, Opozo! Yeah, you know what? He can just stay. Sign him up for another seven. <laughs> Stop. Again with the middle Five stat, Opozo. They are Cousins beating line. Toronto to sleep. I'm so glad we did this game and not every other game from the last one. All right. <laughs> yeah, Jonathan Huberto, though. You ready for this? In 53 games played, 18 goals and 57 assists. Uh, went in yeah, behind, behind the, that. He tipped it into the wow. zone. Wins behind the net. What a pass, hands, yeah. And then great, great R- shot by Oposo. Yeah, really good game for Cousins tonight. I feel like he's had several standout plays. Yeah. See Oposo's face right there? That is the face of a man that doesn't have to play in a line with Cody Eakin. Anymore. Oh, my God. Rejuvenates you, brings the life back into you. Yeah. Peter Mrazek, tough go of it this evening. Yeah, I don't know if you you guys saw the uh, the stat before the game uh, that this is the first time the Leafs have played a goaltender over forty in more than two years. The last one was David Ayers. What? Yeah, last time they played against a goalie over forty since David Peter Ayers. Morazic isn't over forty. No, Anderson. Oh, played against one over yeah. forty. My bad. David Ayers, famously. David uh, Ayers, wow, famous director of the Suicide Squad movie. Yeah, also a famous uh, <laughs> Zamboni driver. Yes. Really a multifaceted man. How do you know who directed the Suicide Squad? Because I remember seeing his name all the time, and I was Which like, God, one? this guy's movie sucked. The first one was oh. horrible. I haven't even I didn't even get through the second one. I didn't even finish it. He did the first one though, and it sucked. It it was I don't think it was his fault though. Because they did a That Joker was Jared Leto's just a creep in general, but his yeah. Joker was horrible. He was a great um Gucci and House of Gucci. I don't remember his first name was. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. He was fantastic. Okay, can I ask you, I watched, so I watched this movie for the first time like two weeks ago, and I will admit I did not pay for it. Does this movie have just like weird time jumps? House of Gucci? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, where it's like totally, oh my God, almost again, uh, the first line there. Wait, yeah, okay, that makes so much sense then, because I was watching with a friend, and as we're watching, we're like, wait, 
How did it just like skip five years? And why is this child like went from being a baby to like in third grade? There's barely any indication that they're uh, skipping time there. I thought Lady Gaga did a good job. Adam Driver always does a good job. Jared Leto, inspired performance. In fact, the performances weren't really the problem. I don't have, really have a problem in general with the movie, but, you know, there's some people thought that was an Oscar movie before it came out, mm-hmm. and then it obviously did not become that. Let's see what else David Ayer did. Oh, end anyway, of Watch, I'll, Fury. Oh, End of Watch is uh, well-received. Not one. Oh, he did Training Day. No shit. Training Day. Wow. Training Day is a... Uh, man, that's an unbelievable movie. He did SWAT, too. Come on. That would give a good career. And yeah, it's not too bad. All you remember him from is his worst movie. <laughs> yeah, that's that right. That I'm pretty sure is not his fault because they reshot it a million times. Yeah, that's and true, like, too. We should introduce every character twice for some reason. Yeah. One, and we we should have Viola Davis eat a steak and we should watch her take every <laughs> yeah. bite of that steak for some reason. Anyway, I, I've never seen um, <laughs> oh my such God. a change up from two movies as those, the first and second Suicide Squad. Did you like the second one? I really like the second one. Uh, mostly because it was coherent. Uh, stopping that evil witch lady or whatever, Cara Delevingne yeah, lady, yeah. is like, uh, you would just have regular heroes do that. You need the Suicide Squad to do some dirty shit that other people can't do. Right. And that's right. what they actually did in this one. And, you know, they had a competent director. I don't always see eye to eye with him, but he's a he's a competent James director. James Gunn. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of movies, too, uh, as we continue to watch the Sabres, absolute ass whooping that's going down. Um... We're both going to see the Batman tomorrow. Are you? What time are you going at? Six thirty. Okay, I'm going to the seven o'clock one. Nice. Um, so so we're excited. Both going to get out on Tuesday afternoon. Yeah, right. No, I'm excited about it. I mean, I am. I, I feel like I like the Batman in general. Like, obviously, from the Christian Bale movies, like the Dark Knight trilogy is unbelievable. Uh, Batfleck. Uh, was, was, was <laughs> finally uh, someone was brave enough to ask the question what if Batman was a fat guy who's like 46 <laughs> oh my god but I'm uh, I'm I'm excited for Robert Pattinson I like him a lot as an actor and I think that he's a weirdo and I think that Batman's a weirdo and so it kind of works a bit and yeah. I think that he's going to give a really fresh dark take on it which, I mean, the Dark Knight movies were, like, just really good action movies, but I wouldn't call them, I guess, necessarily, like, really, really dark. I mean, like, the villain performances in the last two were obviously... I mean, all three of them were really good. You had Liam Neeson, Heath Ledger, and then Tom Hardy. Um, and I, I'm excited to see Paul Dano as the Riddler in this. Those are a bridge from, but, Those are a bridge to darkness, because those are um, realistic, somewhat gritty, and that led yeah. into uh, the Snyder era, I would say. Because... Nolan uh, produced the Man of Steel, I believe. You know, not, Did he? Not, yeah. Wow. Not great. Not a great movie. No. Zack Snyder directed. But, like, those movies, yeah, those are somewhat. And obviously the Batman of the 90s and late 80s was, it, it was uh, whimsical. You like of? Keaton? You like Keaton? Oh, guy? I like Keaton. I think yeah. those movies, though, they really survived. Not really. Uh, George Clooney, too? <laughs> no, not really. <laughs> not really Val Kilmer, either. Yeah, those, right, right. I don't think Keaton is uh, the reason those really work. The first yeah. two, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> not Batman Forever or Batman and Robin, but yeah. you know the really two. You know, some people would say the two of the best, bat, two of the best superhero movies ever, uh, Batman and Batman Returns. Yeah, also great villain performances in those: Jack Nicholson and yep. Danny DeVito, Christopher Walken, and God Michelle damn. Pfeiffer. Yeah, those movies were loaded. 
Yeah. That's why I'm kind of excited yeah. about because I feel like the other like all the other Batman movies that we've gotten, you know, since those have all been there's like one main villain. And I know that the Riddler is the main one in this, but we know for sure the Penguin is going to be in this. Yeah. Um, who else, too? There's another villain who's also in this, too, who's like a secondary one aside from the Penguin. I don't know. I'm going in blind on All that right. One. Well, fair enough, then. I well, won't I say think, anything else. I think the Batman Begins has two villains, and then so does uh, Batman. What the fuck is that called? Well, you have like an underlying The Dark Knight ones. Rises. Yeah, yeah. yeah right. So, like, also. That's fair. Okay. Batman and Robin, which as a superhero movie is incredibly short, it's like 90 minutes, has like. Ooh, wow. Least just walked in and totally missed. Yeah, and the Sabres are on a power play here, so that's not great. Not good. Anyway, Batman and Robin has like 80 characters, and it has three villains and three heroes, and other important side characters, and right. uh, it it's like not even close to as long as it needs to be. Yeah, for sure. Also, side note, speaking of good performances that I'm excited about, I think that uh, Zoe Kravitz as Selena Kyle. Big oh, fan. I didn't even know that either. Big fan. Oh yeah, she's in all like the promos and stuff. Oh nice. Yeah, really, really excited for that. How about Anne Hathaway being here in the in the Dark Knight movies? That's actually kind of. That's. Wild. I feel like I I'm forget sorry. about that at times. Yeah, she got her Oscar. She made a blockbuster. Mm-hmm. We haven't seen as much from her this decade. No, no. Good for her. Good for her. We're now at about 15 seconds left in this Sabres power play. Middlestat's bringing it into the offensive zone and turns it over. Oh, we end. Yeah, Olsen Regaining also turns position. it over. Okay, yeah. Man, the, the Leafs are ugly all over the place here. Yeah, this is, like, not pretty. I, how did this team score 10 goals over. last week? Michael Bunting, man. That's yeah, all. Yeah, when he's on there. You know I'm... we're playing each other in fantasy this week? Yeah. By oh, the way, yeah. I know. You're beating me right now. I my team's been warming up a little bit because Blake Wheeler's back. That's good. Yeah. I know. I have to. I'm trying to like play catch up tonight with you because you're ahead of me, and I think you only had one guy playing tonight, and I have like six, I think. Yeah, you had Matthews. Not doing. Much. Damn, dude. I'm still. Oh, I got a couple guys going at ten o'clock. No, I'm still a little bit behind here. So yeah, Austin Matthews. It turns out is uh, the best fantasy player in the world. Who oh yes. <laughs> Glad I kept him. Who would have thought? Whoever had him, whoever had my team before me that I took over, mm-hmm. glad they drafted Austin Matthews. Well, they had him and Nathan McKinnon, right? Yeah. They made a trade. There was a trade last year that somebody acquired McKinnon, which is just crazy. McKinnon should not be traded. I know. And dude, in our draft this year, I had the third because I didn't. My keeper the from two years ago was Jack Eichel, and obviously I did not want to keep him again. And I knew that McKinnon yeah. was gonna either McKinnon or Matthews was gonna get just to get McKinnon somehow. Hasn't worked out though, really, right? I mean, I mean, he's missed a ton of time. Hasn't he, he did miss a bunch of time, and he hasn't been scoring as much. But I mean, he's got 16 goals and 36 assists in 39 games. He averages 5.5 points a game. So like, how many games? And he also, played? look at this. I mean, he got only 39. He's missed oh, yeah. time. But to put it in perspective, he over his last five games, uh, February 19th against Buffalo, goal. 21st against Boston, goal. 25th against Winnipeg, two goals. Goal against Vegas, goal against the Islanders. He's got goals in uh, five straight games here, maybe even more. This is only going back for five games right now. So he's heating up now, which is good. I have pretty much like all of the key people from Colorado, which is why I think I'm having such a good year. <laughs> I have McKinnon, McCarr, and Rantanen. Jesus. Yeah. So it's, it, that is, and Huberto, too. Well, 
Huberto and Ranton and I got in trades, so. Nice. So oh, someone we, I, we haven't talked about yet, but uh, for good reason, is John Tavares, who has mm-hmm. been kind of invisible tonight. Uh, they're in an interesting spot with Tavares. Like I said, they only one of their lines has looked dangerous. He's their second line Oof. center. All, another great chance by Tuck. They Talk, just showed the wow. replay. Uh, Tavares, he's 30 now. Doesn't mean he's going to fall off a cliff or anything, especially to his talent, but I don't know. Is he really? Mm-hmm. He's not the same guy no. he was two years ago. Definitely. I not. wonder what that means for them going forward. It. I mean, that it's no secret that they're in not the best cap situation. The Leafs. Right. Um. They've definitely gotten lucky by having some guys like Michael Bunting, for example, who are coming up on like shorter or on um, cheaper contracts. Um. But yeah, I mean, it's it's something to keep in mind. He's got. He's got term left, you know, and he's their captain. There's like a lot. Of, what is he making? Eleven million a year, I believe. Yeah, I think he makes the most. Or wait, does does Marner make the most? God, that's a good question. I don't. I we can look that up, but yeah. Either way, I mean, it's it's a worthy question. And the Sabers are now also leading in the shot category here. There we go. Um, it is a worthy question though. Like, what are they gonna do? I, I mean, he's not the same guy, and obviously I don't think it's like a dire situation right now, but what if it does go downhill fast, you know? Yeah, well, I mean, the thing with them is they... Ooh, Darlene. Ooh, Darlene's getting into it with... Who is that? Oh, I can't see the refs in the way. Everyone's just grappling. Probably not going to be a big deal. Yeah, I think it's a... Uh, it's it's a... Oh, it's Pierre Engvall that he's, he's grappling Ooh, with. Ooh, Asplund's going at somebody right now. Yeah, looks like it's kind of calming down here. Should be fine. Yeah, Matthews is the first one to be a free agent, if I'm not mistaken. Yep. So It's going to be crazy when he goes to Arizona. <laughs> playing in a fucking high school arena next year. <laughs> yeah. I kid, I kid, of course. But not really. What is it, 5,000 capacity in Arizona? And it's not clear yet. Oh, Dowling's definitely going to get a roughing here. It's not clear yet whether or not they're going to have to reduce them. capacity to make it NHL-ready arena really yeah oh my god so we'll see on that it's going to be somewhere between it's but it's going to be five thousand or less <laughs> which is not great and it's uh but they're trying to push forward a deal to build a new arena god knows why doesn't make any sense no in tempe i believe yeah they're, right they're there are all places too like what i don't i don't think they learned their lesson at all no it doesn't seem like it yeah, I don't well, know why you would build it there. It's yeah, it's. I don't know. Uh, I continue to think that <laughs> relocation should be on the table, but uh, Bat- yeah. Gary Bettman disagrees. So true, true. What am I going to do about that? Hey, speaking of stadiums too, how about the uh, seemingly impending announcement of a Bills stadium? Yeah, nothing too surprising there. Uh, and it looks like they say twenty twenty six at the earliest. Some people see- seem surprised by that. I don't know how long they think it takes to build a football stadium. I mean, that's only four years. Yeah. <laughs> it's not that well, long. This is what kind of annoyed me with people talking about the Bill Stadium in terms of Josh Allen. And Mina Kimes is one of the, from ESPN is one of the people that was like, if the Bills want to get the most out of Josh Allen, they got to build a, a stadium. And it's like, well, Josh Allen's four years in now. Mm-hmm. At least four full seasons, maybe another one. So he'll be done with eight or nine seasons before he plays in the Bills' new stadium. And I likelihood that's more than half his career. I know we just saw Tom Brady play entirely too many seasons. I don't want to say how many. And a, a lot of guys are getting, you know, staying good later. And I don't want to say Allen won't. I'm not going to make some, you know, 
cynic or pessimistic argument that he's gonna get old young compared to other quarterbacks, but like he's gonna play less than half of his career in that stadium, mm-hmm. and then we're gonna be stuck with it for another forty years. So do what you want to do with it. Don't make it about Allen. Well, and I think it even just goes to the greater point of not Allen. It's like it, during the drought era, it's one thing for people to be like, oh, yeah, the elements and everything, blah, blah, blah. But that's when we sucked and it didn't matter. Like, if you're going to be the best team in the league or one of the best teams in the league and you want to be competitive for, like, the long term, I want you pl- not having the elements come into question with this where there's the potential of, you know, Stephon Diggs slipping on, like, the one-yard line or on, like, the three-yard line or something like that from, like, the snow when it could be completely avoidable. It's just, and I know also too that we're only talking about a handful of games each year, but you're talking about the most important games. Like you're talking about the home stretch in the playoffs. And so I saw in the proposal that is seemingly going to happen that like also the, um, the seats are going to be covered, which like that at least makes me happy. That was the other thing too, is like, you could say whatever being in the stadium for like competitive advantages for a dome versus not a dome or covered or not. But like, I think the other side of it is like who enjoys sitting in the rain? And like, the rain is the worst. It weather. is the worst. People talk about you know how cold it is in January or how it snows sometimes late in the season. The worst part of the season is November. Yep. Because if it rains, forget it. You're gonna be miserable. Gross. Well, in some, I mean, that can extend. You know, with the way let's say weather has changed recently. Mm-hmm. We had a rain game the, the week 17 in 2019. Just freezing rain the yep. entire time gross yeah also good. we have the three stars of the game here craig anderson with the first star 29 saves jeff skinner second star with a goal and an assist and tage the third star with another goal tage is going to score 30 goals this year yep he's what is going on maybe before the last month of the season so another thing here uh worth noting is i think we figured out the leafs kryptonite and that is goalies over 40 yeah i think you might be right wow. craig anderson unstoppable do you think they move him at the deadline? No, he actually has been pretty bad lately <laughs> yeah. besides this game. He was well under 900 in, uh, in February. It would be very oh, funny if someone boy. traded for him, though. It, w- it really would. It really would. All right, well, any other takeaways you have from this game, Taylor? Other than the Sabres getting that W? Well, look, the, the Leafs better hope the Sabres don't sneak into the playoffs. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, dangerous first round matchup yeah so they yeah that was a that was an awesome game and like i said it wasn't any puck luck or anything like that the sabers played just as well as the leafs yeah they got better opportunities the leafs did not uh use whatever considerable offensive talent they have to actually get good chances although they they did i i'm gonna guess the Leafs' course he was quite a bit better than the sabers because it looked like they had a lot of blocked and missed mm-hmm, shots mm-hmm. uh but the sabers uh relentless forecheck and the Leafs couldn't deal with it not which bad is stunning to me most of it was one line yeah uh but yeah great game overall great game, game they played in a little while that was well, this was fun we'll have to do this again yeah I think doing it over uh the course of like a full game we'll definitely have to like edit it a bit more because we are not going to talk for three straight hours but this was cool we'll I like we take intermissions off right? intermissions off right 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 yeah, yeah. Fair enough. Well, so, uh, this was great. Yeah. Do you have any recommendations before we go? I recommend, if you're listening to this, to go to the Sabres game on Friday against the Minnesota Wild and come and see my band play. It's going to be great. Very, very excited for it. Kaprizov, Minnesota's pretty good. Come check it out. It's going to be a cool time. And if you go to the game and come over by the section where we're playing and say, hey, I was listening to the podcast and I came, even if you already have a ticket, I will buy you a beer. Oh, wow. An offer you can't refuse. Yeah. 
Um, but yeah, no, I don't really think I have any recommendations. I'll probably have one on Sunday if I like Batman. Yeah. I, uh, what about you? I saw two Best Picture nominated movies in, within an 18-hour period. Less than an 18-hour mm-hmm. period. Oh. Uh, Power of the Dog and West Side Story. I, uh, I recommend them. Which one did you like more? Honestly, West Side Story, which I'm shocked by. Really? I so I'm nine. I've seen nine of the ten Oscar movie, best picture movies, I should say, uh, so far this year, and I uh, West Side Story. I wasn't planning to see until it got nominated, and I, you know, the thing is, I'm not a big musicals guy, and I've seen West Side Story, the musical, the movie from the '60s. Were you touched by the arts? Well. <laughs> Touched by something, pal. I and I know it's basically Romeo and Juliet in nineteen sixties Upper West Side Manhattan or Lower West Side. I always mm-hmm. get those confused. Anyway, damn, do they both die in the end? No. Oh, good. It's but it's it's based it's based it's the on same Juliet. premise of it. Yeah, it's not even just the same premise. It's the same story. I got that vibe from the trailer. It kind yeah. of gave it away a bit. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, I've seen it. I've seen it before. Anyway, so I saw this. People were talking, uh, saying some real kind things about this. And uh, I, like I said, I don't like musicals, and I know the story. And I was like, "Damn, that was incredible!" Wow. Yeah. Uh, the, I just unbelievably directed the Steven Spielberg guy. I guess he's okay. Uh, he knows what he's doing. Yeah. I, well, the other thing, Spielberg, I really liked what he's done in the 2010s. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he's obviously he's like uh, on the short list of greatest American directors ever. But 2020s rebirth. Everyone's getting old. Yeah, exactly. That, that's huge. So he, I was like, ah, Spielberg, they just hand him a nomination when he makes something now. Mm-hmm. No. Earned this incredible choreography, uh, looked incredible. Cinematography is great. Uh, everything about it was incredible. Direction wow. and the performances. You heard it here first, folks. Twenty twenties are going to be dominated by none other, none other, just as we all predicted. Steven Spielberg and Tage Thompson. <laughs> <laughs> Man, when's he going to make his Tage Thompson movie? I can't wait. There's got to be a movie about it. There, yeah. there will be a movie adaptation. Yeah, it won't be Spielberg though. No, no. Honestly, I want David Ayer. <laughs> it's training day but he's just yeah. going to work with like Jeff Skinner oh my God. Jeff Skinner's making him smoke like uh, <laughs> weed like laced in angel, angel dust but it's hockey though so it's actually coke <laughs> making him snort coke <laughs> oh my god this ain't no after school special snort it <laughs> oh my god oh this is great wow yeah. We need to get this movie in production right now. I want a Scorsese movie about Ralph Kruger. <laughs> oh my god. I don't know if you know, Ralph Kruger actually grew up in 1960s New York City, so this works out perfectly. This <laughs> Ralph Kruger's dad breaking a highball glass on someone's head. <laughs> Stop. Ralph Kruger going Holy to church shit. after he commits some kind of heinous Ah, <laughs> oh, man. Let's get it done, folks. Wow. <laughs> Somebody get Tarantino's email. We got an idea. I don't even want to joke about that one. <laughs> I have jokes about it, but let's, let's well, not get kicked off the hockey podcast. Do we, <laughs> do we want to hear from DraftKings? Yeah. We probably should. Yeah, let's pull that up. Let's talk about DraftKings. So as I had said, everybody, shout out to the Buffalo Sabres for helping me win a little bit of money. Um, again, now I'm going to be able to continue my very poor gambling habits and by poor i mean i just am so bad at it and don't really know what i'm doing but we're having fun and trying to figure it out uh what is today there we go all right everybody let do you want to hear from DraftKings, taylor let's do it tell me i get to say it (gasps) hoops fans (laughs) sorry ziggy the latest offer from DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA, is too good to pass up. I'm talking between the legs. 
360 windmill good. New customers can bet just $1 on any team and get $150 in free bets if they win. It's that simple. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you can still take your shot at a big payday. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Basketball Contest. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. So what do you got to do? You got to download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use the promo code THPN, bet just $1 on any NBA team, and get $150 in free bets if they win. That's promo code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. 21 and over, minimum age and location requirements vary by jurisdiction. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for full list of requirements and state-specific responsible gaming resources. Void ro- where prohibited. Minimum $5 deposit. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In Tennessee, call or text the TN Red Line, 1-800-889-9789. In Connecticut, call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat. And finally, in New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. There we go, Taylor. Well, it has been an absolute pleasure, my friend. And I hope yep. you have a, a lovely rest of your weekend. Everybody who's listening, I hope you all have a great rest of your week and a great weekend. Like I said, hopefully I'll see you at the Sabres game on Friday. Everybody, make sure you are following both of the presenters of this podcast on their respective social media platforms, both the Hockey Podcast Network and the Charging Buffalo. Make sure you're also subscribed to any of their other shows on whatever streaming platform you're currently listening to and check out their websites. Also, make sure you're following us, Straight Up Sabres, on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And make sure you are subscribed to this podcast if you're currently listening. And again, promo code THPN. Make sure you're using that at checkout at DraftKings. Once again, everybody, we'll be back with a new episode on Monday. This has been Straight Up Sabres.